welcome to KFAB, the podcast. Podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. Goodness gracious. Our the way to episode 22. Can you wow. believe it? That's crazy. Yeah, that's truly crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Christina, I think you were the one who made the slideshow initially, and it says, I'm feeling 22. And I was just telling you, really got a good laugh out of me when I opened it today. Honestly, it was purely for you guys, because I do not like Taylor Swift. This should mm-hmm. come to no surprise to no one. <laughs> um, but look, I'm, I un- also understand pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do like this era of Taylor Swift. I was into the red... Yep. Uh, 1989. Mm-hmm. I was like, what year? I was like, no, I was she born. born. Yeah. 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 Um, See, I know these things. This is just osmosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I almost got a high the other night and watched the Netflix one. Oh, we And then tried. I was like, I don't know. My writing partner and mm-hmm. I actually got in like a pretty big fight about Taylor Swift because of that doc. She's like, can't oh. wait to watch the doc. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then it was a real, it was a real test, you guys. She doesn't listen to our uh, podcast either, so... Hey, you know what? To each their own. Yeah. Somewhat. Some people are into the Taylor Swift doc. Some people are into our podcast. Yeah. I'm sure there's an overlap. Not there's got to be. Stupid Ellie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so that's okay. I'm gonna tell her I gave her a shout out, and then she'll listen to it and get oh, mad. Oh yes. no. Oh. I like it. I'm a troll. Let's do it. Let's do it. Speaking of trolling and wrestling mm-hmm. news, the Royal Rumble is next Sunday. Do you know what that means? Oh my god. What, what does it mean? It's well it's producer that, Mike's birthday. Yeah, but that was also Mike's when birthday. like the beginning of the beginning happened. <gasps> oh Oh my gosh, it's our anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't yes. Yeah. I so it has it been a year? Um, not since we started the podcast, but since we started talking about yeah. it for sure. Wow. I know. I know. It feels like we've both aged a decade and that time has just flown. Yeah, and finally, you know, Mike is 30. Mike? Is- nope, he's 30. <laughs> One. Uh, 31. So, oh, by the way, producer Mike is, if you haven't listened to this for some reason, uh, but or this is your first episode, producer Mike is our producer. He is a longtime wrestling fan, and occasionally we throw to him to ask questions, and he fills in some details because we are new wrestling fans. Mike, mm-hmm. please say hello in your microphone. Hi, how's it going? Uh, I'm very excited about the person we're going to cover this this time. Okay. Yes. Yay. Good job. That was uh, very good. Also, Finn Balor is going to fight Brock Lesnar. I'm oh my so gosh. excited. Ooh. Guys, I watched this match in which he got, well, there was a couple of matches in which he earned the right to face Brock Lesnar uh-huh. at the Royal Rumble, and it was very good. It was a lot, although, as my husband pointed out, they shoehorned in a whole bunch of arc into one episode. So he had a good underdog narrative, but I was like, I don't care. It's so fun to see him. We never see him. Yeah. I like that the that one of the backstage authorities was like saying that he was going to do a good job. Basically, mm-hmm. I follow Finn on Instagram yep. is yeah. where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know we share photos of him yes, constantly. We do. And it's very funny. Yeah, he He's is a funny. very funny Instagram presence. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're very excited about it. We, I honestly really do hope he wins because I don't think we've ever seen him win. And I feel yeah, like no, it's so rare. Hopefully yeah. they're starting to push him. This feels like the first of a good push, which would be nice. Also, he has more leg muscles than I knew existed. Yeah, look at that pick, man. Also, we're glossing over the fact that Christina is using the word push correctly Ooh. like it's no big deal wow that's huge oh Guys. my gosh that's huge. Wow. i've learned lessons growth 
Gross. I didn't even realize that, but that is very true. That's very exciting. Uh, I have to give some props <laughs> to Mike for the pictures that he picked for this also, because I, honest to God, Brock Lesnar does look Thumb. like a ham. Yep. A ham that has been boiling for a while. Yep. You know, like the ones from uh, the cafeteria in middle school? Yeah. And it'd just be like a blob, and then there'd be like the eye of the, like the oh, weird meat yeah. bone. That's what his eyes look like. And also, you know, we've talked about how he looks like a giant baby, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've talked about how he looks like one of the bullies in a Christmas story. Oh, he does. like near exactly to the point where it's like, was he in a Christmas story? And then was like, <laughs> nah, wrestling's my thing instead of child acting. I would love it if he came out and just stuck his tongue to a pole. It wasn't him, but yep. you get it. Yeah, but it would be a nice, yeah, child a nice reference. Not yeah. for me. Wrestling time. Uh, also, the women's tag team belts debuted. Yay! Uh, it looks like it says tab team. It does. I want to say yeah. that first and foremost. Oh, I just remembered. I was going to text you guys about this. So they, they unveiled the belts themselves um, with Alexa Bliss like on her little talk show, the like moment of bliss. And one of the male announcers, I don't... Oh, no. ...said, those are some nice titles. And Renee Young just goes, stop. <laughs> and they were both like quiet, like half, like it was, it was like an aside that got caught by the mics at that point. That is and beautiful. It was so funny. And then they just like cut them for a couple minutes, like while Alexa did, did like her thing. And then one of the guys from Heavy Machinery ran out and was nuts. But it was th- so funny. And like clearly not, yeah, yeah, like clearly not something that they were like supposed to do. But it was she was like immediately on it, and it was great. That's very funny. She's wonderful. Oh uh, yeah, she is. Uh, I like this belt actually. Mm-hmm. I don't have much to say about it. I think the laurels on it are cool. It seems pretty consistent. It looks like it looks almost like a Super Bowl champion or like a football championship, uh, like the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that kind. It's a classic athletic style. Yeah, I like that it's round. Instead of, of rectangular. Yeah. Which is a, a strange thing to say, but just looking at these two belts side by side, because we got the oh, yeah. Mr. Ham holding the I know, right I was just doing it. that. I was like, wait, what? Mr. Ham. <laughs> <laughs> is that his new entrance? <laughs> it's like, I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. <laughs> if I sit well, on a chair, <laughs> you will hear me get off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's oh, so good. Poor skin. It's why is he so red? Because mm-hmm. he got fair skin and he gets slapped about. He does. Yeah, get and he gets a in lot. the hot tub way too much. Oh my god! <laughs> I bet. Can you imagine this man coming out of a sauna? Oh god! No, no, no. Do you think it's just like that's he- why you put towels down on a sauna because of Brock Lesnar? <laughs> <laughs> He's been there right before you, yep. and the bench is wet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just rips off a layer of skin every morning. Oh, no. I know. He, like, emerges from his cocoon. He's such a specific-looking dude. It's so nuts. Um, Yeah. That's what we got. That's what we got. That's the wrestling news. Both exciting things. Really excited for Royal Rumble. I got it in my Google Doc ready to go. My calendar. Yeah. That's going to be really, really fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to get into it. I know. Person. Yeah, so I want to have Katie at least introduced, just because yes. it was your call. Okay, actually, like, so we got one of the uh, people that everyone was like, hey, y'all need to check out. And this was a conversation uh, producer Mike had with a guy that we um, that follows us on Twitter, and he asked if we've done or have any interest in doing Mick Foley. Uh-huh. And um, so today we are going to go through 
every single part of McFoley as best as we can. Yes. Yes. It's a lot. This is is a lot. It was a lot. Um, And mine is up first. So basically, we separated it into the three, what is it called? The three faces faces of McFoley. Thank you. That was really good. Mm -hmm. Charades, Mike. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we're going to start with Cactus Jack. (gasps) Yay. But first, Michael Francis Foley Sr., was born on June 7th, 1965, and that makes him a Gemini, Gemini. which is interesting because of the multiple faces thing, just saying, Uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. After his birth, his family moved to East Setauket, New York. Now, here's the thing. I kept that in there because I know how to say Setauket, and I was really proud of myself. really good. Good job. That was confidence. Also, he was a high school classmate of Kevin James. They were on the, the wrestling. They were on the wrestling team what? together. Is this him? Is that Kevin James? Yep, that's them together. I had a feeling, but I also sometimes men just look the same. <laughs> they attended the same college, and they were friends. <laughs> Has Kevin James ever wrestled? Mike? Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Can you Paul picture Blart. Mick Foley on a on a Segway too, right oh beside God. him? Right. Let's have a sequel. I mean, anyway. So anyway, while he was in college. Third. We're leaving. We're leaving Kevin James behind. Okay, bye, Kevin. Did I say Kevin? I said Kevin James, not Kevin Hart, right? Yeah, you said Kevin James. (laughs) All right, Kevin James. We're leaving him behind, and we're moving on from the King of Queens to the fact that Mick Foley hitchhiked to Madison Square Garden to see Jimmy Sanuka in a steel cage match against Don Morocco. All right, great. Foley has said that uh, Sanuka is it Sanuka's. Snooka. Snooka, great. Snooka's flying body splash from the top of the cage inspired him to pursue a career in pro wrestling. It said flying body splash. I copied and pasted. I don't know what it is. I'm just excited. Oh, foreshadowing. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Also, he had a front row seat, and he's visible in the event video, which I think is really cool. Oh, that's very cool. That's very prophetic. All right, so training an early career, 1983 to 91. So Mick formally trained at Dominic DiNucci's wrestling school in Freedom, Pennsylvania, can't make that up, and would drive several hours weekly from his college in Cortland, New York. He debuted in 1983 there, and he would also take part in squash matches as jo- as a jobber for WWF TV tapings. What is a squash? A squash match. Is it? Yeah, so it's basically like, you remember those matches where someone would fight, like, uh, and somebody would fight, like, uh, Stone Cold, and they'd get, like, demolished in, like, two seconds or whatever. Oh, like, so uh, like the oh. beginning of NXT, what was his name that got immediately... Bro. Yeah, yeah, Cash yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so... It's basically, it's to make the guy look really tough. Cool, cool. Oh. So he would just get the shit kicked out of him immediately. Great. Mm, fun. Great. So after some time in the indie circuit, he received some offers from regional promotions like UWF, but he landed at CWA as Cactus Jack Manson, where he teamed with Gary Young as part of the stud stable. <laughs> Amazing. Pinning that for future ep. Stud stable, I'm very fascinated yeah. as to if they could have a website. Uh-huh. Uh, like submission <laughs> sorority. <laughs> then in 1988, he left CWA for world-class championship wrestling. He was billed as Cactus Jack Manson still, but he later said that the implied connections to Charles Manson yeah. made him uncomfortable. But I love it, and we all know it. Yep. <laughs> we all know I love it. I love it so much. I have another picture of him as it, where he literally oh, just he looks like Manson. Wow. Yeah, that was... Which would make sense as to why he wasn't super into it, because yeah. he looks like fucking Charles Manson. So... Anyway, uh, 
so this is around the time that he lost his two front teeth in a car accident, which oh, is no. a, the look that made him famous. Yeah, he didn't do it wrestling. It was in a car accident. Uh, so then he moved to Tri-State Wrestling, later Extreme Championship Wrestling, whose high-impact and violent wrestling style fit Foley well. While there, the Tri-State Summer Sizzler, <laughs> 91, <laughs> sponsored by the Sizzler, it wasn't. Uh, 1991, Cactus Jack had three matches with Eddie Gilbert in a night, and he won a Falls Count Anywhere match, lost a stretcher one, and then fought to double his qualification in a steel cage. WCW saw it, and they were like, whoa, cool, please come wrestle for us you're crazy what is a falls count anywhere match um what do you think it is can i guess yeah yes is it that you can uh, you can uh lose outside the ring too yeah oh my god because it's a fall anywhere uh, nice. it's a dark match <laughs> very cool yeah. all Only right the opposite of what a dark match actually is. yes but wait i have a question on the previous slide please real quick. Is this his usual Cactus Jack outfit? These like linen it's, pants? <laughs> I straight up Googled early Cactus Jack uh-huh. and this was one and I thought it was, it, he looked like he was in The Who. Yeah, he or, does. Or like he's like doing or genie like, cosplay. Or, <laughs> yeah. or you know how you could like go to a store and record one song and they'd like make an album cover yes. for you? That's yes. what it looks like. It one does. of those weird single yep. press records. Yep. His yes. name looks like, like Ridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Frankfurt. Right. It's like so not yeah. what I would expect from. Him. It's like no. this very light. I don't. I can't tell if those are like jeans or if they are truly a billowy linen pant, yeah. like a no, family it's... beach photo. Yes. This is a good question. It's just an early photo. Of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, family beach photo. You're right. <laughs> they always were in wet linen. They or were. like, or like everyone's matching that, and that's yeah. the Christmas card. You're like. Man, you had to wrestle your kids to get those pants on. Yeah, you did. Uh, but there's one on also on the right where he has a bandage on his head, and it straight up looks like a panty liner. I was it just thinking that. like so hard mm-hmm. that I'm like, is it? It may be. It, it could have been. It's, it's made to absorb yeah. blood. It is. It's put not it anywhere. It's not the worst thing. I used to shove thing. tampons up my nose when I had nosebleeds when I was younger. I still do, baby. Yeah, it's great. They Don't work. grow out of it. They mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. That's literally their job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so unlike Jack's first in WCW where his personality was quieter and he was like, just going to lose, he was now outwardly maniacal, laughing hysterically, shrieking into the air while choking his opponents and yelling a signature catchphrase, bang, bang. Oh, how fun. Yes. Uh, he was a heel originally, but he transitioned to a face after about a year and a half. And okay. So there, <laughs> guys, <laughs> Mick Foley gets hurt so bad. Oh, no. (laughs) I had like the mellow end of his career. I'm really interested to hear the rough part. This one isn't even that bad. Sarah, 90% of his career is so bad. It is. I had the one 10% that was gentle. Oh, Oh, by the way, I, I... yeah, I read all of it because I want to fill in some stuff, but mm-hmm. like it's going to be a little all over the place because we're just yeah. FYI. Well, he travels back and forth too. Exactly. Yes. And so there are details that I want to see if you guys cover that I will mm-hmm. then offer yeah. up. But Oh, good. He chose Cactus Jack, by the way, because he couldn't think of anything. And he just went, Cactus Jack, because <laughs> it was like a pretty common thing. And then he developed it. Anyway, so Cactus Jack wrestled Big Van Vader yeah. and won in 19... 19- 
93, but he was badly beaten during, and I have no details on this because I refuse. Um, And then, because it was like, the way I read it, it was very confusing. Anyway, as a result, in the rematch with Vader on April 24th, the two executed a dangerous spot to sell a storyline injury. Harley Race removed the protective mats at ringside, and Vader powerbombed Cactus on the exposed concrete floor, causing a legitimate concussion. And causing Foley to temporarily lose sensation in his left foot. Like, (laughs) while Foley was away, WCW ran an angle where Cactus Jack's absence was explained with a farcical comedy storyline in which he went crazy, was institutionalized, escaped, and developed amnesia. Hell yeah. But he was really mad about this because he wanted his injury storyline to be serious and generate sympathy. But he said the sketches were so bad that he was like just embarrassed about it. Anyway, here's some bang bang. This is more the Cactus Jack look, which is pretty much just like wanted Cactus Jack t-shirt. He basically is wearing his own merch and then black pants. Just comfortable. But it's like an outlaw poster, which is cool. It is cool. I have a better picture of it. And his pants say Jack. Well, I bet they they say Cactus. That's what you wear going to go get your Pizza Hut that you delivered, (laughs) but you asked for a pickup. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Doesn't it? You were going to (laughs) say... You were at work at Pizza Hut, ordered a pizza for yourself, oh, yeah. delivered it to your house, ate it, and then continued driving. I mean, that too. They look like some comfy-ass sweatpants You're and right. like a band merch shirt. Uh, this is also the first photo I have of Barbie, which is the name of his bat that's mm-hmm. uh, surrounded with barbed wire. So so frightening. So good. Uh, we Okay, I'll get yeah, into that. So yeah. Vader, so basically he fought Vader from 93 to 94. Uh, I'm sorry for all the blood on this slide, but this is the world we're living in now, baby. So Cactus Jack comes back to face Vader again in one of WCW's most brutal matches of all time in a Texas death match at Halloween Havoc. I just needed you to know all of those details. I want to know more about Halloween Havoc. the end, Vader won when Harley Race used a cattle prod on Cactus Jack. (laughs) Cattle prod. Cattle prod. No, that's Paul so scary. Uh, <laughs> the level of violence caused WCW to refuse to book him against Vader on a pay-per-view ever again. But also, didn't they know in advance what they were going to do? Because I don't understand why you'd be like, I'm not going to book him. It seems You that- saw him bring a cattle prod in. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, not just there. It seems with Mick Foley that you... He was out of fucking control. Like, what he was doing, they, like, agreed to a certain extent... And you'll you'll see soon yes. what I'm talking about. And once you're out there, you can kind of no one can stop you really. Oh, that's true. From using the cattle prod, there is something as they say. I did find a really good. Uh, we'll get okay. All right, so this is perfect and really gross, and Sarah's gonna lose it. Okay, good. Okay, so while on tour in Munich, Germany, Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader are just going for it. Mm-hmm. Foley begins a handman, which is a planned move where a wrestler's head is tangled between the top two ropes. Neither wrestler was aware that the ring ropes had been drawn extra tight before the event, and Foley was barely able to move. So when he finally got free, he split his ears, and then he re-entered the ring, and they kept fighting, and Vader reached up and grabbed Foley's ear and ripped it off. Oh my god. He ripped off his ear, and they kept wrestling, and then the ref picked up the ear and handed it to the ring announcer. No. Oh, no. And there's a photo of no! it. <laughs> so Mick Foley don't have one ear. Because oh Big Man Vader ripped it off of his head. 
Anyway, yeah. I only had to choose between. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, I, please. That's so. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. Like, I know that adrenaline can carry you through quite a bit in this world, but what? Your friend just ripped your ear off when you were doing a goof around. Like, what? <laughs> when you're doing a goof around, your friend rips an ear. <laughs> can you imagine? So he like, and also, also, I just picture Goofy now yeah. having his ear ripped. No, <laughs> no. Oh my god. But like think about like how the two ring ropes, so he was like able to put his head in and he was barely able to move already. He could have been strangled. Like yeah. that alone is really scary. And then he split both of them. He only got one ripped off. Yeah. I love it. The I other, think it's the, the funniest thing. Like, Sarah's freaking out. I love it. Just hang oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was dangling. It was just, it was just there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So oh. then here's the best part. Oh. Foley had to choose between reattaching his ear or wrestling. <laughs> Oh, in God. The, in the Slamboree pay-per-view and winning the titles. Foley chose to wrestle and no. won his only championship in WCW. Later, he was really frustrated by WCW's reluctance to not do a storyline about him losing an ear. This is a man who truly loves what he does. He was yeah. like, guys, oh, yeah. I lost an ear. This is awesome. Please do this. And they're like, no, we don't want to pay workers comp. Like, please chill. Oh, my God. Also, this happened in Germany. So, like, it technically didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these photos I have on this screen, I will definitely post this slide. Because there's yeah. one that looks like he just took a bath and ketchup. And I don't know. It's I, so I'm much. assuming from barbed wire. But the one on the left, he those are thumbtacks. <gasps> <laughs> truly did not know what those they were. look like sequins but they're thumbtacks oh my god uh and his eye is bleeding and he's just smiling and i'm like you motherfucker you're a rascally rabbit and then that's him now with his missing ear oh. yep that's him when it got pulled off and then this is just like a cool punk cactus jack t and i don't know what happened to his arm but i'm assuming i don't know he got dragged on concrete like who fucking oh. knows yeah <laughs> this fucking guy okay so uh, then we go to NWA Eastern and Extreme Championship Wrestling, which, as we remember, is the hardcore wrestling. So mm-hmm. uh, from 94 to 96, just the highlights. After being a part of a talent exchange between ECW and WCW, Foley from his WCW tag team title belt. Oh, he, t- he took his tag team title belt and spit on it to appeal to the hardcore fans who hate mainstream promotions. So we went to. Yeah, you get it, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wonderful. He saw it, and then another time he saw a sign in the audience that said Kane Dewey, which was his real-life son, and so he began a gimmick where he criticized hardcore wrestling and sought to announce his status as a hardcore wrestling icon and used a very technical slow wrestling as a way to punish the audience. <laughs> That's very funny. So he was just like, fuck you, don't bring my children into this. Yeah. I'm That's going to make smart. you hate me. <laughs> Uh, which I lo- I think that is so funny. Yeah. Um, he also teamed with Tommy Dreamer, and he said he was on a mission to save his partner from making the mistake of trying to please bloodthirsty fans. Mm. And then he later turned on his partner to join Raven with Raven's Nest to serve a higher purpose. Mike, what is Raven's Nest? I, I got so overwhelmed with information, I stopped looking up things. <laughs> All I'll say is I won't explain it. Raven is a wrestler. You would love him. Great. Oh, you got to write that down. All right. I'll remember. I'll come back. It'll be great. Okay. So then uh, Foley used his heel, his heel gimmick at ECW to praise WWF and WCW on ECW t- TV, which infuriated ECW fans. And then word began to spread that he was considering WWF. And then uh, and Foley, like I think in his documentary, recounted an incident where he asked an ECW roadie to sell t-shirts for him at an event held in Queens. 
and because he had been popular there even as a heel and then the man came back after being spat upon numerous times by angry fans who made them fear for his life so he was like i can't sell your merch man these people keep spitting on me wow (laughs) i'm just trying to sell your shirts uh so then even when he tried to give like sincere goodbyes when he did decide to leave cactus jack was met with chance of you sold out by ecw fans everywhere he went until his last match where they finally chanted please don't go and then he danced with stevie richards and the blue meanie to new york new york and said it was his favorite moment in wrestling on this page is a (laughs) dedication to him and his wife barbie good old barbie the bet uh, that, yeah, so I tried to do some research because my experience with a bat covered in barbed wire is from the Walking Dead series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Negan, who is played by, like, I swear to God, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is, like, so fucking hot. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I know. Mike has to wear, like, headphones when he listens to us, so now he just has me in his ear going, Saying, so, so fucking hot. hot. <laughs> Awful. All of you probably are having the same experience, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so he uses this bat on people's faces. I don't know if they're actually drawing blood or not, but it looks fun. It looks painful as hell. looks painful. It's not like Negan, you know, bashing in, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Glenn's head, but pretty bad nonetheless. And then I found a fun meme that says, I'll admit Negan and Lucille is badass, but Mick Foley and Barbie are legendary. So, but I tried to find out like what came first and Mick Foley with the bat definitely came first. Mm -hmm. And I think it came from New Japan just because they have been using so many um, barbed wire thingies. Uh And Hmm. so I'm pretty sure that that's where it ultimately came from. And then they like just used it in Walking Dead, but that's never been a fully attributed. But there is uh, some footage from Comic-Con of Mick Foley the real man stopping a Negan cosplayer from hitting someone with it. And it was like, wow. <laughs> wow. It's just, what a beautiful world. Yeah. Okay, so Smoky Mountain Wrestling in Japan, 94 to 96. Uh, at the 1995 IWA King of the Deathmatch Tournament at their Kawasaki Dream Event, things got messy. Cactus Jack's first round was a barbed wire baseball bat thumbtack death match in which he defeated Terry Gordy. The second round was a barbed wire, a barbed wire board bed of nails match oh where he God. defeated Shoji Nakamaki. And the final against Terry Funk was a barbed wire rope, as in the ropes of the ring oh were God. the barbed wire. Oh, oh goodness. And C4 board time bomb death match which mm-hmm. cactus jack won with the help from the help of tiger jeet singh after the match both men were ravaged by the wire yes one and assumes. burned by c4 explosives oh, oh my what? god <laughs> foley later said he only received 300 dollars for the entire night oh no but in oh 2010 god. he said that match in hanjo is probably the performance i'm proudest of and here are some photos of him on the rings oh. of barbed wire just getting rocked. Oh, I hope his tetanus shots were oh just my gosh. constantly so, updated. I, I mean, wonder, do you have to hold on to the rope like you do so you don't, like... I don't know. Get disqualified. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because you don't drag into the rope. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's I, gnarly. Because I read this, and then Oof. I went back, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Because I looked up... I literally just Googled <laughs> bloody foley. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that kind of look like a, like... 
a biblical reenactment. Of it does. <laughs> I mean, it truly does. It's also like grainy 90, 80s and yep. 90s footage, oh, so it's yeah. so much more horrific. Yep. Okay, so just a couple oh, more. And here's the barbed of, wire oh, crucifix. Oh, oh, God. oh, no. By the way, and there's the bed of nails. Oh. Guys, he's so crazy. Yes. All right, so there's a here's a couple of things. So one of these are just like random things that didn't fit anywhere. So one of Foley's most memorable vignettes aired before the match began in which Dude Love and Mankind discussed who should wrestle the upcoming match and eventually they decided it should be Cactus Jack and Foley's old character made his WWF debut. Yep. Then at the 98 Royal Rumble, Foley participated under three personas, Cactus yep. Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. And then on April 6, 1998, he turned heel when Cactus Jack explained that fans would not see him anymore because they didn't appreciate him and they only cared about Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> And then he reverted to Cactus Jack again in January 2000 and faced, tri- faced Triple H for the WWF Championship at Royal Rumble in a street fight. Cactus used barbed wire, two-by-fours, and thumbtacks, trademark weapons from his pre-WWF days, but Triple H still won the match after delivering two pedigrees, the second onto a pile of tacks. Oof. So he Goodness. basically was like, I'm using weapons, and Triple H is like, I'm doing classical wrestling, and he That's got to win. That's really funny. I am very excited for our eventual Triple H episode. Yep. Yes. Um, and so I would like to end on a quote. And so just to give this like a tiny bit of contact, context, this is from an article that I would love to list because it's him writing about himself. And he's actually like a really beautiful writer. Like all of his work is really, it's well written. It's great. Um, but he was talking about the Cactus Jack persona and said that like when he went to do those shows in Japan where they were like with the barbed wire and everything he's basically like backstage and one of the promoters was like just don't go too hard like you don't want to hurt yourself and he was like yeah i'm gonna go hard as fuck like he was like fuck you pretty much and then he said and that's the kind of performance that you have to put on always because and he like talked about he compared it to comedians going into a room with like not many people and having to crush anyway and he's like look like you can go up there and you can like stop yourself from like shining essentially but yeah. you should and i really loved it i think it's a great article you guys should click on it it's going to be in the liner notes um but this is from him he wrote this it's the end of the article but i like it cactus jack connects with a part of us that tells us to keep going no matter how bad things look or how ugly they might get cactus jack speaks to the part of us that believes that asking to give anything less than our best is not only a, an insult to ourselves and our audience but a request that is totally and utterly absurd bang bang Wow. That's, oh, yeah. That's really nice. Cactus Jack. I also got to point out his flannels. Um, it's like a real... Real good flannel. A real flashback to my childhood. Yes. In the Seattle suburbs. And all overboard. Mm-hmm. And also, he has the um, leopard print boots uh, yep. as well. This is yeah. his WWF outfit. The thing mm-hmm. is, is like he really... Fashion-wise, not much, but so much fun, like, kayfabe choices yeah. that that's oh, yeah. what I focused on. Do you know why there's, like, the leopard print specifically, or was I it just, it's just, like... like, he's kind of punk, mm-hmm. and, like, this is honestly, like, a thing I wore in high school, so... Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. I like the look a lot. I yeah. do, too. It's very cohesive. Are you ready for the next? I'm so I'm ready. so excited for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, because it's mankind time. Yay! Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> In 1996, Foley signed a contract with WWF, <laughs> and this time the WWF did not use Foley as enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. He was shown several designs for a character, a man with a leather mask and chains. Mm-hmm. However, WWF decided that it was too dark and only left the mask. 
fully arrived in the WWF in 1996 with a new gimmick and perhaps the most famous personality. Mm-hmm. Mankind, a mentally deranged schizophrenic who constantly squealed, even throughout his matches, shrieked, Mommy! <laughs> spoke to a rat named George, <laughs> oh. enjoyed pain, physically abused himself, oh, such no. as by pulling out his own hair, no. and wore a mask and lived in boiler rooms. <laughs> this is... Okay, so... You know how- Talk about fucking dedication. He does not have parts of his hair while he was mankind because he would actually pull parts and then he would shave parts and like his eyebrows. I would just like to say that that sentence you just read, you know how that thing from Donnie Darko is that cellar door is the most beautiful like two words in the English this is the best sentence I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Should I use this for monologues? Yes. yes. <laughs> Just audition with us. Mankind, a mentally deranged schizophrenic. <laughs> he talked to a pet rat named George. Oh my gosh. So there were some right here supposed to be, and they, I guess they removed the, they were gifts of him oh, no. holding on because he also held a Frankenstein book. And would read it as part to sometimes his entrances. Oh my god, I love. God. Yeah, he I would, and it. he would shake, and he would like, like just like do the weirdest things of all time. Do you talk about at all why he has to wear the mask? So, the mask. The reason. Yeah. Are you okay, talking cool, about cool, how? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McMahon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Sorry. Also, just describe the look. Describe it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's oh. so um, much. So he's wearing this like leather mask <laughs> that covers his mouth and his nose and it has like uh what are those called like the nail like oh it's studded studded mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. and it's kind of like a, a leather jock strap on his face it is <laughs> kind of like our friend big van vader yep horse bridle yes yeah it is um and then he wears like in the beginnings of mankind he wears a like leather tank top like mm-hmm. cut off mm-hmm. that has like tears on it um, and it has some emblem right here, which I don't know what it is. And then On his he chest. wears, yeah. Mm. And then he wears like leather pants and is just like frantic and sometimes will have bandages all over himself. Mm. That is like, some people said was he's supposed to be in a, um, what are the, like, straight jacket? a straight jacket and he ripped it apart and oh. has some of the tearings of it as he ran away. But otherwise, into the boiler room. He's like, you're. <laughs> But otherwise, he's like you're you're kind of a Ren Fair blacksmith. Yes, fellow very in much his, so. His vibe. And yeah. so I don't know if I wrote it down, but what uh, Velsky was talking about is McMahon did not like him. Mm-hmm. McMahon did not like McFoley at all. Mm-hmm. So he gave him this like idea and this character to make him not seem important and stupid and this became one of the best characters of all time. Wow. Also, he said that Mick Foley was so ugly yep. that he wanted to cover his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at this so point, rude. and at this point, Mick also had all of these scars on his face because well, of wrestling. Yeah. And like no ear and no, and no fucking teeth. Yeah, yeah. So like he was like coming to the main like and he was just like they were like cool, let's just Put him in a mask. Here's the thing. He's not the worst looking person he in wrestling. No, he's not. He's not a bad looking guy. I was not like terrified of him. No. You know? Ew. He looks. He's I mean, nope. He's no Peapotter. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> no but Peapotter. Speaking of Peapotter. Oh my God. Okay, so first, 
My favorite is mankind's finishing move was the mandible claw, which it was a nerve hold, which <gasps> he would stick his hand into his opponent's mouth and his catchphrase was have a nice day and he'd grab it. <laughs> so I got the, the the photo of him doing it to Vince McMahon. God bless. That's so funny. And this is him doing it to The Rock. Yes. And he did it. And he's yelling mommy, it looks yep. like. With mm-hmm. a sock on it. Or he'd go, yeah. have a nice day, oh. and then grab mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so oh, that's called, wait about. you got it? Oh, yeah. uh, good, good, good. Don't worry. That's going to happen soon. Um, so on April 1st, 1996, episode of Raw is War, the day after WrestleMania, Mankind debuted and defeated Bobby Holly, quickly moving into a feud with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, purple Undertaker. So the feud, yes. The feud was called a boiler room brawl. No. Oh, yes. And in which the goal was to escape the arena's boiler room and reach the ring to take the urn from Paul Bearer. Do you yeah. remember this when oh we were talking God. about it? This is where Paul Bearer tricked the mm-hmm. Undertaker and went for McFoley. And then after this, McFoley started calling the Undertaker um, Uncle Paul. I mean, I oh. uh, started calling uh, Paul, Paul Bearer, Bearer Uncle, Uncle Paul. Paul. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then this created this insane rivalry for, like, the longest time in which then Mankind had, a like, a, like this insane fight with Shawn Michaels. It, it was called your In-Your-House Mind Games. <laughs> and, guys, the ring was, like, an 80s childhood TV show house that they, like, put up. And he was supposed to come out and wrestle Shawn Michaels. The Undertaker comes out in the in like the coffin like usual. Paul uh-huh. Bearer's right there, like nervous as hell's what's gonna happen. And then mankind shows up and just like destroys. That... It was crazy. So it just sounds like the nineties were so obsessed with weird, like pseudo goth horror films. Yeah. Do you get why I'm like a lifelong wrestling fan? Yeah. Honestly, if I had been a little bit like more of a goth kid, I probably would have gotten into it too. Yeah. Uh, And not even just a goth kid, like the theatrics of this. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I like watched so many of these videos like, holy shit this is so, insane so walk us through the pictures you've selected okay here. so this is if you wouldn't mind just because yes. that happened i need okay. to know so the one to the left at the top mm-hmm. is so what we're showing is all the photos from the boiler room brawl yes good. and this is right now that um the undertaker got a fire extinguisher and extinguished mankind mm-hmm. while he was leaving his boiler house basically <laughs> Like, truly, that's how it starts, is it's like, there's like an entrance, and it's like walking out, and then Undertaker is just like there with it, ready to go. Unbelievable. Yep. And they have to both leave the boiler room and get to the stage to Mm -hmm. take the urn from Paul Bear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So all of these are, are him, they're trying to get to the stage. This is when... Undertaker goes in to be like, thank you, Paul Bearer, and Paul Bearer tricks him. Wow. So good. It's 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 perhaps my favorite iteration of The Undertaker as The Undertaker when he has the bright purple yep. gloves and boots. It's so funny. <laughs> it is. It's so weird and interesting. Okay, so... It feels good to me. <laughs> I don't I know. All right, it guys. Just, it like, feels right. Next comes the craziest fucking match of all time. <laughs> This is called Hell in a Cell. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, as we all know. 
This was the second one, I think. Yeah, the second one, yeah. Because uh, the first one was uh, Shawn Michaels, yeah. Uh, so oh this god. one, guys, oh my god. So it's Undertaker and, and Mankind. And the first off, there's a, like, a YouTube video where, like, I think it was like five years ago, they both talk about this whole situation. So it was supposed to be that they get on the cage. Vince McMahon talks to Mankind that day and is like, are you practice? Have you gone up there? Mankind lies and says that he's gone up there and had not, had not oh gone to God. practice it or anything. Undertaker throws him off of the Hell in a Cell cage, 16 feet. <laughs> Honest to God, it looks like he dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> falls on these chairs. Yeah, he'd, he'd never gone up there, like oh. falls, Immediately has to get a stretcher because he like breaks his shoulder. Oh. <laughs> Listen, they have to as as the Undertaker is still on the cage, they have to raise the cage because they can't get a stretcher in around the Hell in the Cell. So Undertaker is on top, doesn't know what's happening. No one can communicate with him, and he's just on top of it, like getting raised on this cage. <laughs> like and they oh. get they, they get mankind, put him in a stretcher. He gets in the stretcher. He rips out of it. <laughs> and he runs away from the EMTs, climbs back onto the cage with a broken shoulder. Oh, no. Climbs it again and then goes and tries to fight Undertaker. Gets up there, loses the energy, can't even, like, hit him because he's, like, so tired. He climbed the 16-foot cage. Again. He's, like, yeah. a big dude. Yeah. Gets like a chair whack in, and then all of a sudden the Undertaker, yeah, the Undertaker like pounds him. The cage breaks, god. and he falls. Oh no! To the ground. Oh my god! Yeah, it's I, it's like if you look at the crowd too in these gifts, and in this like the second one when the cage breaks and he falls, every single person in the audience like you look at everyone and they're like, oh he's dead. Oh, he's, he's so dead. Because they're both huge men. And Undertaker says if he didn't go to where the metal was and he went and fell you with him. You can see it. Yeah, that he would have broken his neck. And like, For sure. Under, and like mankind would have been paralyzed. This is... I love it. I want more. Oh, oh my God. This and makes me love both do you of have these men so much. the video of the whole match? Because we should definitely put that yeah, in the notes. I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch it. And it's I have the one of them talking. It's crazy because everyone's oh. like you see them be like no 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 please don't go back up, up there don't go back up there but they're like we can't we can't stop him whatsoever oh and Undertaker was like I didn't know what the hell was happening I was just in character <laughs> Peapod Dart was working that character oh, oh my gosh I love it isn't that crazy so wait how did he get down eventually from that then did uh, they have to lower the cage back down so Mick could climb up yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh God. So when you he was told like, that beautifully, thank yes. you. I was, was enthralled when I was watching it. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like just screaming. Because no, you said the stretcher thing, and we have this other gif where he's getting yeah. thrown again. So I was like, "But when?" You does watch this, right? Yeah. I mean, the best part is the, the announcer Jr. has like an off the cup thing where he's like, "I think McFoley might be dead." Yeah. <laughs> like, I we yeah we all think so. <laughs> well, when he falls the first time, the table slaps back onto him, oh, and so he's yeah. underneath the table, and you're like, "Oh my god!" So I love him, man. So guys, after this, he must uh -huh. be a sadist. Like I don't yeah. know. Oh yeah. After this, he gets 
injured, of course. And so he has to go through like some serious rehab issue, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. to work on it. So he says that he needs to take it to be a little bit chiller because mankind kind of destroyed him and messed with his mental health as well. I mean, fucking, yeah. So, oh, yes. yes. Although conventional wisdom holds that the Hell in the Cell match was responsible for Foley's rise to main events, live television crowds do not initially get behind mankind because of the match. Following a couple months of teaming with Kane, who together won the tag team championship or two occasions, Foley decided the crowds might respond better if Mankind were more of a comedy character. Mm -hmm. And so he abandoned the tortured soul characteristics and became more of a goofy, broken down oaf. Mm -hmm. He began the transition into the character following SummerSlam 1998 after Kane turned on him and the two lost the tag team championship. The following month, Foley began an angle with Vince McMahon, with mankind trying to be a friend to the hated Mr. McMahon. And on October 5th episode of Raw, while McMahon was in a hospital nursing wound, suffered at the hands of The Undertaker and Kane, mankind arrived to cheer him up. Having succeeded only in irritating McMahon, mankind then took the sock off of his foot to create a sock puppet puppet named Mr. Socko. (laughs) Intended to be a one-time joke, Socko became an overnight sensation, (laughs) and mankind began putting the sock on his hand before applying his finisher, the mandible claw, stuffing the smelly sock in the mouth. Gross. The sweat sock became massively popular with the fans. Okay, so the best part about this is what I'm very funny. What I'm about to read. Mm -hmm. This is uh, from uh, Stone Cold's podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, so I'll never forget when I was about to hit Mr. McMahon in the head with the deadpan, with the bedpan, deadpan, yeah, (laughs) with the bedpan. Me and Mick Foley were in the bathroom about the size of a shower in the hospital, and he was telling me about the sock and he, uh, how he was going to start using it as a finishing move. And we were laughing our asses off in that little bitty bathroom. And they had to knock on the door and say, hey, you guys need to keep quiet. We're trying to film Vince, Vince's part of this skit. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. So doesn't that remind you, like, as being a comedian, like, yeah. when you just think of, like, a quick bit and yeah, you're, yeah. like, discussing it? Like, I feel like that's probably how he was. Like, took things so serious. And then other parts was, like, is this not ridiculous? I'm going to take the sock off and make Mr. Socko. Because there was a moment in my research where I ran across a Mr. Socko reference and I was like, I'm going to choose not to look up what this is. Same, I did the same. And I'm very glad that I did that because this is the best way to learn about it. It's very interesting too that he went business casual for this new iteration (laughs) of mankind. Like... Yep. <laughs> Mankind business casual. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's Even got... Socko looks business casual. Yeah. Uh, like it's, so he's, he's got the, the button up shirt and a tie now because yep. he had a bow tie in some of those other pictures. Socko yep. in that, in that, when he looks clean, looks like <laughs> Mr. Oogie Boogie from yeah. yep. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, terrifying. Terrifying. Very um, scary. But I just love that this started to like piss off Vince McMahon and then so it just funny. continued. Oh my God. Yeah, they did not have a good relationship whatsoever. Um, Like, what? And then this was great too. He had a lot of success in the tag team department, creating one of the most underrated tag teams with The Rock, the Rock and Sock Connection. Oh, (laughs) so good. 
<laughs> is that not amazing? It makes sense because The Rock is very funny. Do you yep. cover the I Quit match between him and The Rock? That's the next one. Okay, okay so Mike. <laughs> Just He's so excited. I, I know, love this. I know. He's okay, very so excited. speaking of The Rock, mm-hmm. this is just another Mankind match. Apparently, they didn't show up once again. Oh, no. Mankind lost the WWF championship to The Rock in an I Quit match at Royal Rumble in what is regarded as one of the company's most violent matches. Oh, no. During the match, Foley took several bumps, including 11 unprotected chair shots to the head. (laughs) How is he a nice guy? The Rock, like, handcuffed his hands behind his back and then just went nuts on him. And his... I didn't watch it. I was too scared because it looked... His family and his children are in the front row. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I say right here. So the match is featured in Barry Blostein's documentary, which shows the impact the match had on Foley and his family at ringside. (gasps) The match ended after Mankind lost consciousness, and The Rock's allies played a recording of Mankind saying, I quit, from an earlier interview. The match was also voted 1999's Match of the Year. What I will say is... I got too scared to watch that one. In the documentary... He makes man kind of, he makes Mick Bully watch the footage and his family uh, reacting to mm. it. And he has a very eloquent, like, I can't fucking believe that I put my family through this. And then I think oh, afterwards he's, he's like credited as being like, I kind of chilled out considerably uh, yeah. because I care about my this family. This is like definitely all coming together now because I have to say that the thin slice that I researched I was like well this is out of left field but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well it seems like after that he was like well let's chill out with. Yeah. Well are we do- are we yes, are we closing the door for yes. the time being on Mankind? Yes that was Mankind. That Fantastic. is truly amazing. <laughs> Katie I want to watch storytelling. Yeah you did Thank a great you. I, really great work. So good, man. So we're going to really abruptly shift gears here. Hello, my cats and kitties. It's Dude Love. <laughs> which is definitely something that he said to introduce himself. Um, Hello, my cats and kitties. Yeah. That's beautiful. So here are some gifts of Dude Love. Good man. Get really ready to just fall in love. Um, Dude Love loves dancing. This gif here on the right is perhaps the funniest <laughs> gif I've ever seen in my life. I know. This is truly... It's remarkable, yeah, the range this man has. So these are gifts of Dude Love that have one on the left of him entering the ring. He's throwing up some peace signs. And the one in the middle is of him uh, shimmying in the ring with a couple of ladies. Real, which real he's quick, wearing a left, tie-dye shirt in uh-huh. all of them. Real quick, on the left he is going, it's me, Dude Love. Yes. <laughs> so his, his costume, he wears one costume the whole time. And I'm just going to describe it real quick right now. Because yes, you'll great. see it from every angle in these pictures. But... Mm. Dude Love wears a tie-dye t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and the edges fringed, as we all did at one point in our lives. It says Dude Love with a big heart on the front of it. The back says, All Have Mercy. Um, he is wearing all have mercy. Or yeah, all? like like all have mercy. Like, aw, have mercy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. And he's wearing royal blue leggings that say mm-hmm. dude on one leg and love on the other. <gasps> and although you can't see it in these pictures, he's also wearing knee high shiny white vinyl lace up boots. Um, he also occasionally wears a tie dyed bandana, of course, and some little like hippie sunglasses around there. Oh so, but he's like known for and his a dancing. Glove. And sometimes a glove, but like, so this, my favorite gif is the one on the right, which is part of the introduction to his talk show, The Love Shack. What? uh, In which he is, 
boogieing around and like in front of a green screen and there's a bunch of different like nature shots and things like put in behind him this was made by <laughs> professionals this wasn't just made by internet no it's it's oh part of his intro to his show it's wildly funny i'm gonna put so many clips from dude love in the show notes because i couldn't stop watching these oh my god they're so his talk show okay we gotta get into can it. we do a part one part two for social media of, of like yeah mick he's Foley got so many he has so much oh for, yeah for post yeah, yeah for sure uh so mick foley created dude love for his own home videos this is actually arguably his first persona um it was supposedly the very first one he ever came up with wow. he apparently played dude love while jumping off his roof i put in with a bunch of question marks he's like very much known for this thing where he threw himself off his roof he did a bunch of like home videos where he was doing dumb stunts to like make uh-huh. people laugh and that was how he ended up getting into wrestling so the supposed genesis of the home video character was a date he went on in college he picked up a girl named Kathy at a bar. They had a great time. He walked her home. He got a kiss. And then she said, good night, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, good night, Frank. So he became really, really obsessed with Frank Foley. And he made this... <laughs> You made this video. Can you do that to someone? Isn't that so good? Yeah, night, Frank? yeah, I'll do that. Good night. It's such Frank. a good blow off. Uh, and so he like <laughs> made this video featuring this like outsized idea of what he thought like a manly ladies' man would be, and that was Frank Foley. So that character eventually became the loved one, and then dude love. Um, this this is- character, the early version, was in some videos that can best be termed offensive now, so we're just not going to get yeah, into no. the specifics. Sure, yeah. Uh, it was a different time. But here are two pictures from these home videos where his brother would interview this character. Frank. So you can see, <laughs> yeah, so you can see, like, Frank slash Dude Love. It was basically the same thing, but you can see, like, a slim young Mick Foley who's, like, yeah. not bad looking, no, honestly. No, he's very cute. I would date him. Yeah. Uh, I will. I do want to say, we nor- I normally don't bring up the astrology stuff past us saying it, but mm-hmm. this is the most Gemini motherfucking thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, this is just so... Because you're like, how does he go from mankind to this? And like, because he's a fucking Gemini. <laughs> he just has fun with the characters. Yes, so, so good. he had this character, but it wasn't a wrestling persona for a long time. He was in the wrestling biz for a, a bit before this came back up again. So here's how it became a wrestling persona, according to former WWE producer Bruce Pritchard. He has a podcast this is from. Uh, it's called Something to Wrestle. So he said this on there. Uh, I was one of the few people to hear about Dude Love as far as I know in that dressing room. We were in Toronto, Canada, and it was myself, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Pat Patterson, and I don't know if Undertaker was there. But it was after the matches, and Mick Foley was talking to Shawn Michaels, saying something along the lines of Cactus Jack, Mankind, and that type of character. Mick made a comment along the lines of talking about always wanting to be somebody like you, being the hot baby face that all the girls love. As a matter of fact, I did promos with my friend, and my name was Dude Love. I saw myself, in my eyes, I was you. And we all got a good laugh out of it. I went back to share the story with Vince McMahon. I said, can you imagine this deal? Mick Foley as a human being had such an interesting story. And that's where the three faces of Foley came about. We started going into the Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, and eventually Dude Love. And it was so damn rich where every kid can imagine being in their basement, cutting promos, and being some character they create. So he like ended up pitching this character to WWE, and he apparently couldn't believe that it had actually been approved. So again, as Bruce Pritchard remembered, I was like, yeah, we're going to do dude love. He thought I was ribbing him. 
At first, I think Mick Foley thought it was a rib, but once you saw how he played it and how over the top it was, it was like, damn, you're getting two characters for the price of one. Four characters, if you include Mick Foley. It was interesting storytelling. It was something people can identify with, Mick Foley, because I think everybody can relate to wanting to be somebody else growing up, and now he's realizing his dream. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, so it's like really actually fascinating to hear about, like, he thought this character was too dumb to ever work, and he just sold the hell out of it. And yeah. honestly, watching these videos, like, people love Dude Love. There were so many people dressed up like him, too, which is great. It's also a very fun costume. We should go as the three faces of I Nick Foley for Halloween. I will be mankind. I oh would love to be Cactus God. Jack, you guys. I get to carry mankind. around a, a fucking bat with barbed wire. Wow. And I'm going to just steal one of Alex's socks. get out of my way at parties. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I'm sad tie-dye ever stopped being a trend. Yeah. Uh, so I have another picture of him as Dude Love in the middle where he's doing his, like, ooh, face that he loved to do all the time. It's just like, it's. I love that he says he, it's him imagining himself as Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Because it's a dude who is, like, because he is an attractive guy, but he also is, like, a big oafish, like, mm-hmm goof Mm -hmm. with no teeth and so like for him to then be like oh no this is my version of what like this sexy like yep female it's just like pure because there are some things that when they do these and i guess this is final thoughts maybe but there are some times when they try to do these like women love us thing that feels so gross yep but it doesn't this one is funny no and i honestly i will say his talk show features some ladies wearing thongs like dancing around and i watched a lot of it not as creepy as you would expect, given that that's actually what's happening on there, because yeah. it's very funny. It's still not great, but I've, it's not as bad as you might think. I actually have a thing about that at the end, but we'll... Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So, Mick Foley officially debuted Dude Love as his new wrestling persona in 1997. I have the video of his first entrance. It was great. So, besides wrestling, Dude Love hosted a talk show segment called The Love Shack, complete with a hippie van and some ladies. So, here's... They had, like, a backdrop. It was just, like, a flat painted thing oh, that they it looks put like on the magic eyes. school bus yeah it does it's like a, it's like a groovy like acid trip um, oh or the acid God. test style bus yeah. is what it looks like and then it has a beaded curtain that he would enter through and he had blow up chairs that he would do his talk show from the too. ones that he got I was about to say <laughs> yeah sorry and then you can see him he had two ladies that like painted themselves um with like, the groovy tattoos yeah, yeah like from you know Austin Carnaby Powers, Street in yeah. the 60s yeah and they would come out and like gyrate on him yep uh and what was Goldie Hawn's show called? Laughing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like laughing. They are like the laughing girls, exactly. Yeah. So Dude Love, obviously hippie inspired. He had a theme song that is, quite frankly, incredible. I, it's, Wait, legitimately or very funny? It's so funny. Okay. It's this like weird, like dreamy hippie thing, but there's someone like whispering in a high pitched voice in the background, and you can't really understand what they're saying. It's kind of like a Bee Gees sort of. Yeah. Like, mm. Oh, nice. And it's like he's a dude who loves ladies, and it's like you can't really <laughs> understand what the words <laughs> are. I've gotta listen to this. <laughs> It's so, it's like so, so funny. funny. I'm going to play it for you guys immediately after Please we wrap do. recording. Great. And I'm going to put it in the show notes because it's very funny. Great. So when he made his debut, he was wrestling alongside Stone Cold Steve Austin as part of a tag team. Uh, it was this whole thing where they didn't know who his partner was going to be. And then like partway through this match, they're like, whose theme music is that? And he like came out and he's like, I'm dude love. I'm going to help you. And like, this is Did everyone match. lose their fucking mind everyone the first time like, that mankind that came mankind? out as dude yeah. love? Mm-hmm. I would say in wrestling, anytime something like this happens, the announcers kind of underplay it. So that way they're like tempering everyone's expectations. But everyone was kind of like, 
what because was it like when so weird was it like when undertaker rode around and on his oh. little Yes. No, everyone thought that was cool. <laughs> Which watching it was not cool. Not cool, <laughs> not cool at he all. He was like... Yeah. <laughs> riding a fucking lawnmower around the ring. So one of the funniest things to me about this like entrance is like, so Dude Love comes out with, with Steve Austin. They win. They're tag team champions. That's but so then before funny. they can do that anymore, uh, Steve Austin got injured. So mm-hmm. Dude Love, now a solo performer. Oh my God, this look. Um, he this started, is like Summerfest in Milwaukee. It's so if funny. anyone's familiar, he, I've seen eight million of these men. Yeah, it's like the same thing, but then sometimes he puts on like a cat in the hat hat yeah, that's yeah. colorful. This is every county fair. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ever happened. It's everyone's yeah. uncle. It is everyone's. It's like uncle. you guys like fucking fishing? <laughs> like what the fuck? Get out of here, Ray. Like I don't know. <laughs> That's you? No, that's my uncle. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Katie looked sad and pointed at herself. And I was like, do you walk around asking if you want to go fucking fishing? No, that's my that's my uncle. But he it's actually true. like manages trout farms. So wow. That's his job. That's cool. He things but he loves his tie-dye. Mm. Man. All well, right. So anyway. as we can see, it's quite flattering. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Dude Love began a rivalry with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I wrote Christina's one true love triple H. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yes. Before a match against Triple H, Dude Love and Mankind <laughs> argued over who would compete. That's the thing we mentioned earlier where they're like, Cactus Jack has to go. Yep. So I have a video of that promo of them just sitting next to each other. And it's actually pretty funny. I have the video that that promo is in too. It's very funny. Um, that I watched. And it's very funny to see how they put it all together. So yeah, and I also have his entrance from that Royal Rumble where they all mm-hmm. entered. I have the highlights of that too. That's each entrance and then him getting eliminated each time. And he did yep. come on third as Dude Love, and he's so sweaty and tired looking by that point. Oh, so oh, so he got tagged out and then would come in again. Yeah, yep. like he would just go <laughs> it's, backstage. It's amazing. And change costumes and just come back out. It was yeah. very very funny. We'll that's watch this great. while we're packing. Yeah, up. yeah. So, in April 1998, Vince McMahon told Stone Cold Steve Austin he was going to face a mystery opponent at uh, Unforgiven. This turned out to be, who else? Dude Love, who won the match by disqualification, meaning Austin kept the title. Mm. McMahon wanted Foley to prove he deserved another shot at the title by wrestling Terry Funk in WWF's first ever hardcore match. That was the first time McFoley wrestled under his own name. He won, and Vince McMahon came out uh, to Dude Love's music and presented him with the Dude Love costume as like a, yay, you did it. So this all meant that Dude Love got another shot at the title, but The Undertaker showed up, and shenanigans ensued, and Dude Love lost, and Vince McMahon kayfabe fired him from Raw in June 1998. Mm. So I have a picture of him doing the, the mandible thing on Stone Cold mandible Steve Austin. Cool. Oh, so he still did it when he wasn't Mankind. Yes, mm. he, still, he still did it. Because it was never a mystery that's like, this is a different person. That was kind of the weird thing about it. And actually, Mike, Kyle wanted me to ask you like how wrestling fans dealt with that, like one person just having completely different personas. It was the better version of like Finn and the Demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. There were there were times where it was like um, I I don't know if you get into this, but it was like Mick Foley and Triple H were gonna have like a Hell in a Cell match, and Mick was sort of like, okay, well to win this match, I'm gonna have to do something I haven't done in a while, and everyone's like, holy shit, no way he's gonna be Cactus Jack, and he's like, 
bang bang and everyone's like holy shit he's gonna become cactus jack okay to like do it so like we always knew but it was sort of like like his superhero costumes come yeah on. like he would slip into like mankind sort of was like oh he doesn't give a fuck if he di- lives or dies uh cactus jack was sort of like oh he's gonna hurt somebody uh-huh. and that's when like fire and tax and shit would happen so like yeah, we loved it, and we always knew it was Mick Foley. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I love that. Yeah, that's more fun. I honestly think that should all be like that all the time. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Um, I also have just a picture of And if you've ever seen a Cactus Jack promo, they're so awesome. Yeah. Oh. Mankind's are very weird. I love uh, them all. So do love went quiet for a while. Um, this is the his persona that was used the least. And from what I was looking at online, a lot of people really didn't care for it mm. in comparison to his other stuff because it was goofy and he didn't do as much interesting wrestling as dude love because it was later in his career and he was tired and he'd had his ear ripped off and his shoulder busted. So <laughs> he didn't want to be doing that anymore. So wow. in, he kind of, you know, he's that persona took a back, back seat. So then in July, 2012 for this thousandth, Oh, I thought that was a typo, but thousandth episode of Raw. He reappeared to dance with Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyls, our friends. Uh-huh. Um, our best friends. Our best friends, the Funkadactyls. So I have a picture of that, and you can see their amazing outfits with the fringe again. Mm-hmm. He also performed the Mandible Claw on Jack Swagger with a tie-dyed Mr. Sacco. Oh, wow. And now we know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I could tell, Dude Love hasn't appeared since. So he's sort of a, you know... A beautiful bird who only appears when he's <laughs> migrating through. But when he got older, he uh, kind of switched up the tie-dye a little bit and put some sleeves back on. You know? Mm-hmm. Got cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, got, he got too cold. I got nothing. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, that's Dude Love, my new favorite. Yes, so I did do one last slide that was just called Mick Foley is a good man uh, because so, so, so few, so few, so few, so few are uh, in this world. And I would like to highlight a couple of like the ways that because he is such I do think that there's such a specific kind of dude who is like so hardcore and sticks thumbtacks and smiles at a camera and his shoulder like it that's such a specific person yeah but then to have this soft side where he's like a good person I do think that hey maybe if you like funnel your aggression that you naturally feel into something that's productive like your career or wrestling then you have that softness and tenderness where it matters yeah Mm -hmm. just a thought cool thought on masculinity anyway so uh, he's written a bunch of kids' books. Really? He has Mick Foley's Christmas Chaos, Mick Foley's Halloween Hijinks, yes. Tales from Rascal Lane, Rascal Lane, uh, and then The Most Miserable Christmas. Oh, dear. Which is spelled like Miz, so I feel like oh. it's ah. themed. Uh, he's a fucking Democrat. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's a charitable dude, and he's mostly involved in works with children and the troops. So he sponsors seven kids through Child Fund International and helps fund childhood education, helped fund childhood education centers in the Philippines, Mexico, and Sierra Leone. Wow. Multiple in each place. Uh, for several years, Foley visited wounded soldiers at Washington, D.C.-based military hospitals on almost a monthly basis, becoming known as a legend among hurt troops, according to Washington Times article. Dang. He also worked heavily with RAIN, which wow, is the Rape yeah. and Incest National Network, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, donate to them. They're great. But I also just learned that it's because he loved Tori Amos's music so much, and she co-founded it. 
I did not know that. And I did not know that. And he like found, so he was like, oh, I just love her. And then she founded this and he was like, oh, I should get involved. And so he's a volunteer on the hotline. Oh my god! And in 2011, he logged more than 550 hours chatting online with victims. And that same year, he offered to mow anyone's lawn who donated at least $5,000 to the organization, stating, if you want to help survivors of sexual assault or just want to see a big guy with long hair mowing your lawn in front of your friends, please take part. Oh, I love him. He auctioned off his Cactus Jack lace-up leopard skin boots, which is why I mentioned them, mm-hmm. still embedded with 149 t- thumbtacks from his impact match with Ric Flair. Oh, my God. Who I didn't even get into. Ric Flair's a piece of fucking shit, and he said a lot of shit about Mick Foley. Mick Foley really didn't retaliate as much as he could have because he's cool. Anyway, but he don't he donated all the earnings from that to raise money for rain wow his son mickey has autism and he and his brother huey have their own youtube channel and mick will sometimes do little sketches with them on it uh he's also a longtime fan of women's professional wrestling and has campaigned for their equality among men amongst his closest friends in wwe have been their female performers with trish stratus calling foley the diva's safety valve since before Due to fully being married, he was one of the few wrestlers who would not try to date his coworkers. Oh my god! Wow. So he like wouldn't hit on any. So that's why, like when I said I have a little thing about that, that's why the women felt safe to yeah. be in thongs and like do the sexy thing that they are doing because it's the nineties. But they didn't feel like he was a he was predator be on them because yeah. well, he wasn't creeping. He was just like, yeah, this is the bit. <laughs> and even in that video that I linked to, when he's like doing his talk show. He mm-hmm. has something in there. He's like, oh, you know, I go to the hotel and there's all these ladies all over me. And it sets up like it's going to be some really salacious story. It's like, then I got back to my room and I said, I'm sorry, ladies, the dude needs to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and they all left. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like for a guy who literally has gotten his brains kicked around yeah. for so long, like it's amazing that at least we can't see the effects that CTE has had on him yes. yet. Um, and he seems like an, a legit family man and like I said at Comic-Con a couple years ago he showed up and like fought a Negan cosplayer which is like why like for a YouTube channel like he's just seems like such a good fucking dude that's awesome so Mick Foley's a good man and this is a picture of him doing a thumbs up being a good man just looking like everyone's dad or uncle someone's male relative truly he was (laughs) a he was a really good choice for this week oh you can yeah because at yeah, first great suggestion katie it was great yeah she was like thank let's you do it to, i think it was zach our twitter follower. zach mcfly yeah thank you zach thank you so much uh we're just gonna assume it's you and maybe check later yeah <laughs> uh final thoughts <laughs> uh this was super duper fun please do keep the suggestions coming it's really fun because there's so many people we just obviously have never heard of before, and we love learning about. Yeah, and it's fun when you stuff. go through the Wikipedia and you're like, okay, they fought. What is that person's name? Who yes. is this? Yes. And then you just kind of go down your own wormhole late at night on Reddit. Case <laughs> <laughs> speaking from experience. Yes. I just like that uh, we knew who Mick Foley was, and I was almost, I was like, all right, cool, I'll do Cactus Jack. Like, I wasn't super into it. And then the moment I started looking at it, I was like, I was wrong to have fought. Not like I fought hard, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do a one wrestler episode this week. Yeah. But this was such a... They're all so different. Mm -hmm. And they have such different vibes that it was... It's just a really nice... It's just nice. I don't know. It's good. I like it. kudos to producer Mike for accurately picking which persona we would find the most interesting to research. Yeah. This was a real, like, dream date scenario. Uh, You're welcome. And I just wanted to sneak in my final thought of, like, uh, 
you, you didn't really mention his body type at all. Like he doesn't really have like a pro wrestler's physique. No, he's so, got a dad bod. I was like a look. I was a chubby little kid growing up, and watching like this guy wrestle on TV was like huge for me. Where I was like, oh man, this guy like isn't totally jacked and hot like The Rock. Like yeah. and this guy. I would say at times is cooler than The Rock because he literally uh, made up for it in, in ways that are very innovative and very cool. And he's also one of the most eloquent guys, which is insane because he's taken so many unprotected chair shots oh to God. the head mm-hmm. and dropped on his head so many fucking times. Is that how people feel about KO too? Kevin Owens? Yeah, I would say... Man, Kevin Owens is just so cool. Like, he's... Mm. he's uh, It's... It's, uh, I think his, his talking ability, he's got yeah. a very good, like he's just a very good actor yeah. in terms of being a pro wrestler where he just makes you believe it. Yeah, nice. But Mick Foley is super eloquent. That article I read that he wrote was really beautiful and really like, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how many shots he takes to the head and still is like a thoughtful, empathetic person. Oh, yeah. and I mean like if you, who does want, good in the world. If you want to get, like, really good at being an actor, like, watch any Mick Foley promo, because he will <laughs> make you believe that, like, it's real and he's got nothing left to lose. And it makes you, like, really excited to see his matches. And then you'll watch him really just destroy his body. And then you're like, is wrestling real? Like, what is, I don't, what is fake? I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, that's watching, uh, a yeah. fucking Gemini, baby. Yeah. <laughs> watching the Hell in a Cell and you're like, didn't he just fall like 16 feet and now he's climbing again, bleeding, sweating profusely, falling as he's climbing this cage? You're like, this, is he is he a person? Is he mankind? What's happening? <laughs> is he mankind? mankind? Wow. You can follow us on social media. <laughs> you can follow us on social media at KFAB Podcast. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B Podcast. If you want to see the looks we're talking about, they will be on Instagram. Same handle. And if you want to recommend a wrestler for us to review, like the reason we reviewed McFoley this week is due to you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can tweet at us, and Katie keeps track of them. Yes, they mm-hmm. do. Uh, so... Yeah, any I just really liked ending on that, but now I've, it's gone out of my brain as I spoke. Yeah, no, I mean this was great. You so much. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy. Are we, are we human? Are we mankind? Uh, Who knows? Oh god! Bye. Cut it. <laughs> Should we cut it out? <laughs>